0: Coming to you live from the National Windowless Van Association Owners Meeting, I'm Tom Rich and with me as always are more or less exactly the guys you would expect, and this is the Mildly Alarming Podcast. Episode 39, Trimalchio in West Egg. We're back. Welcome to the Mildly Alarming Podcast, the only show on the internet that I am one of the hosts of. Uh, I'm Tom Rich. That's right, Rubber Ducky, you are a Rubber Ducky. It's good to have you here with me today. Uh, today's topic, we want to talk about uh, an article that we read, a a topic, a concept, an idea that there is out there in the world uh, called uh, Rubber Duck Debugging. Isn't that right, Ducky? I know, that was insightful, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, you're a good co-host, Rubber Ducky. You're way better than that other guy. Right, so Rubber Duck Debugging... Uh, is the idea that when you are designing something, and it comes from coding, so it's talking about like a program or, or a database or something like that, that you should put a rubber duck on your desk, and then you should explain what your thing does to it. So your code or your board game or whatever you're trying to do. The idea being that rubber ducks are incredibly intelligent and will understand what you're talking about, and will offer you deep and insightful critiques, but they do it in a very um, congenial way. Yeah, yeah, that too. Uh, That, you know, it really builds up your confidence and helps you to to see the problem in a new light and really to get to the nitty-gritty of it. Uh, So I cannot uh, uh, recommend this enough. You should uh, make friends with a rubber duck and have that rubber duck help you critique your work, because they just know stuff. They know a lot of things. That's right, duck. Uh, you should also give them $15. Um, that's just polite, generally. Uh, rubber ducks need... They need 15
1: Hey, are you ready to record the podcast? What are you... Who is...
0: Hey, hey there, buddy. Hi. Hey. Uh,
1: get, out of, get out of my chair. I... You started without me? I started with the rubber duck. How'd you even get the headphones on the duck? The rubber ducks can wear headphones. It's just not, you know, they're big headphones. Well, he just sits between them. All right. It's, he said it was warm and safe. Well, he's off mic now. He's, he's still alive. rubber duck debugging though you're doing the thing you're doing it without me
0: i like i liked i liked
1: the duck as a host he was kind to me how did you even figure out how to start the recording i you hit
0: i just i pressed buttons until it worked
1: okay so everything everything i own is now broken i
0: no i asked the duck okay that makes more sense but rubber duck debugging rubber duck debugging uh, a method that you can use to debug your stuff Um, more seriously than I was before rubber duck debugging consists of putting a rubber duck in front of you and then you explain to the duck what you're doing in such a way that the duck will understand it
1: which depending on the quality and intelligence of your duck
0: may vary right you know? right Right. Uh, but the idea is that by forcing yourself to articulate what you're doing and what each step does and how it functions, you force yourself to think about things in a, a more useful and objective way than you otherwise might when you're neck deep in whatever the problem is. It kind of echoes the theory that teaching something is one of the best ways to learn it and really cement your knowledge of it. Um, if you are forced to explain it to a truculent youth who is disinterested until such time as they get it, uh, you will be forced to work through all of the nitty-gritty minutiae of the thing and and thereby come to a better understanding of it. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. I highly recommend rubber duck debugging. You can find
1: uh, the basis of rubber duck debugging. Uh, it came from someone named Andy, who I'm sure has a last name, but I don't have it here, uh, on some kind of old-school list board. And now I think it's in, I think the same guy wrote, co-wrote a, a software development book mm-hmm. back in the day. It's in there now, but the, the original, uh, text is pretty good. Step one, beg, borrow, steal, buy, fabricate, or otherwise obtain a rubber duck, bathtub variety. Step two, place the rubber duck on your desk and inform it you are just going to go over some code with it. If that's all right. Step 3. Explain to the duck what your code is supposed to do, and then go into detail and explain your code line by line. Step 4. At some point, you will tell the duck what you are doing next, and then realize that that is not, in fact, what you are actually doing. The duck will sit there serenely, happy in the knowledge that it has helped you on your way. Note, in a pinch, a coworker might be able to substitute for the duck, however, it is often preferred to confide mistakes to the duck instead of your coworker. <laughs> So someone who, if I were smart, I would have pulled up earlier here, shared this on the Twitter, the uh, tweets, uh, applying rubber duck debugging to board game design. Randy Hoyt, Hoyt, Hoyt feels like an H that you need to get some, some throat noise behind Hoyt, Hoyt, Hoyt.
0: I, I hope Randy doesn't listen to this podcast. He won't after this. He's probably not going to be thrilled by... He's the at, bit, at Randy Hoyt on <laughs> the Twitter. The bit where we gargle his last name. <laughs> he's lucky. He's lucky he didn't see the segment we did about how Randy is a name you can really throw some venom behind. Did we ever do a segment about that?
1: I know we've had many, many conversations in real life about that. About Randy. No! Randy.
0: We did a segment that featured the names Daryl and Roland, which are not Randy at all. No, that's so true. So I'm just incorrect on this one.
1: Yeah. Yep. Uh, on a Completely unrelated to the uh, topic at hand, but related to the <laughs> BS sidetrack we're talking about right now, uh, <laughs> there's a series of books I've been reading... Uh the first one's called Off to Be the Wizard I think it's called Magic 2.0 mm-hmm. it's pretty entertaining Um and they have a character named Todd who is uh, despised and he he goes into a bit about how much venom you can get behind the name Todd
0: shut up Todd right Todd Todd yeah for God me. Todd yeah everything
1: was going great until Todd showed up it's by Scott Meyer uh, he also writes a, a web comic that I used to follow. I forget what it's called. It's all tra- it's all black and white traced photographs of him and his wife and friends. It's it's actually pretty entertaining. That's bizarre. I'll post it in the show notes. So rubber duck debugging. Have you ever actually tried this with, whether with the games or with anything else?
0: Uh, no, because I you just sent me the article like the other week and it takes me like, at least. Well, a month sure to sure, get but things. have you
1: ever tried anything like this? I mean, you've been through however many years of creative writing and you worked at the the uh writing I mean, center.
0: I mean not not explicit I mean some some glassy eyed undergrads could count as rubber ducks in terms of their engagement with the topic at hand. Nice. Uh where you're trying to explain it to them and they're like, um, but really teaching and that kind of thing is is a good analogy in some ways and that you have to work through you have to break down your... Because, your, I mean, once you know something pretty well and you've got a good idea of how it works, you tend to gloss over the details to the point where you don't actually remember that they are there. Mm-hmm. You know, because you, you've kind of chunked it all together into one mass and you don't need to go into the nitty-gritty anymore. It just sort of happens. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have to de-chunk and break it down when you're explaining it. Right. Um, and so in that sense, it's similar to the rubber duck debugging where you have to go through point by point and bit by bit. But I found that with, with teaching things, were more valuable in the sense that s- given a large enough number of people you try to explain something to, like actual people, not rubber ducks, you will be asked some ridiculous off-the-wall stuff. Just, yeah. You will be forced to address things that you're like, oh... I didn't realize that was an avenue we could approach this by. What happened in your life to make you this way? <sighs> but give me 15 to stop and think about it. Yeah. Hold on. So that's a di- that's a different useful thing than the rubber duck provides, I think.
1: Well, I, I like the idea of the rubber duck. I feel like, well, first of all, you, you'd probably have to actually be speaking aloud to the duck.
0: Yes, I would think so. In order to get in it.
1: that headspace. And even so, I feel like a lot of people, I, I think I would, would struggle with, Still not just autopiloting through what you already know about the thing you created. Mm-hmm. Um, I have not tried this personally yet. I probably will. I have a duck now, and uh, um. So, so but I, I do know that we saw a lot of value in doing the continued, re- repeated explanations of the game rules of Big Man at Proto Spiel for yes. people who had never heard of it before, um, in playtesting with our group of friends we were constantly explaining updates to rules they already knew and playtesting on our mm-hmm. own we created the game so we had a pretty good grasp on it and even, though even so we discovered that i think the two of us had been approaching things very differently on on a few like movement and monster movement mm-hmm. and, and some other stuff the legget rule but um I, I like that out of context. Legate could be legate as we intended it, or legate like, like a commander of a Roman legion or whatever legate does. It's a it's a Roman military.
0: Literally, never heard that before rank. in my life. It's
1: L-E-G-A-T-E, I believe. Legate? legate? Yeah, but it's legate.
0: I I mean, in, in Latin, it would be legate. It
1: depends on which is it. Is this it Church which, Latin yeah, or it or, on, or you know or... how do we speak this dead language? <laughs> <laughs>
0: the way i told you
1: (laughs) (laughs) whatever the case that that makes me laugh every time we talk about the leg rule because i imagine a a guy in like a like a leather skirt or whatever
0: (laughs) just just oppressing the germanic tribes yeah but but so part of what
1: i appreciate in feedback from other people is that glassy-eyed stare if it it communicates i don't understand what you're saying Mm -hmm. yeah um and a duck is always going to have the same stare Unless you have a very intelligent duck, um, and so, so mm-hmm. there's definitely a value in being able to see people just watch their brains shut down as you explain to them what you thought was fairly clear mm-hmm. because you've been through four hundred and seventy nine iterations of this rule book
0: the The counterpoint I would give to that is that the duck will allow you to catch that if you are keyed up and paying attention to your own words without interrupting you to ask any questions like you can you can work through the whole thing with the duck knowing that you'll be able to get through the whole thing like one of the things i ran into at proto spiel in one incident that <laughs> happened actually it's more than one incident because yeah, he played the game with
1: us more than once yeah
0: was i was trying to teach the rules to the game that i co-designed uh and was one of like eight, seven people on the planet maybe who could conceivably do what I was doing just yeah. then. Um, and a gentleman just kept interrupting me to point out where he thought I was going with this. And I'm like, I'm gonna get there. You're right. You're half right. You're two thirds right. Whatever. Sometimes you're completely wrong, but you are louder. You are lousier than I am. That's true. And I'm, I'm gonna get there. Just let me, let me get there. You gotta. Yeah. And so the duck won't do that. Right. And so the duck gives you a chance to, if you're in good shape practice it just run through it make it all the way through and and give yourself a sense of where you are with it or if you're in bad shape let you work through those kinks without constantly just just barfing on you barf
1: i don't think there's a counterpoint that needs to be made i'm not necessarily making an argument for one over the other mm-hmm. i'm just saying they're 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 different um you can get some of what you will want out of the duck that you also would get out of actual human beings but there are values to both that are different
0: you can get what you get out of the duck too if you just strike your playtesters over the head with a blunt wooden object at the beginning of playtesting
1: it has to be wood though we're not knocking them unconscious necessarily there's a magic property of blunt wooden objects metal won't work concrete's no good wood
0: wool is right out (laughs) Just don't bop them on that with a woolen wiffle bat. They'll be like, "What? What? Where did you even get a what? woolen wiffle bat? Why, why? are you doing it? Why are you stroking me with this weird woolen tube? Is that a sock? I don't understand."
1: Shh, I'll just go with it.
0: <laughs> it will
1: all be over soon.
0: I went to a mildly alarming place. Uh, but I like the duck. I think it's a good thing to do. Um, I've often advocated. To writing students that they should read their stuff out loud to an empty room just to to hear it, yeah, and because just reading it out loud, you can catch things you wouldn't have caught another way. It gets a different sense and different parts of the brain going, and it's good. It's good. It's very good. Well, I
1: can say, regardless of how you feel about the duck as a concept, uh, we were talking earlier before we started recording, and the duck thinks you're a <laughs> stick. <laughs>
0: I thought we were friends, the duck. The
1: duck hates you.
0: No. I'm sorry, duck. I didn't mean what I said. Hold me. (laughs) was an unpleasant sound the duck just made. Uh. It's also a little weird that the duck talks out of what appears to be its butthole. (laughs) (laughs) What? Do you, I don't know a lot about duck anatomy, but that is directly in the center of the bottom of its body. That would be, like, exactly between its little duck legs if rubber duck had ducks had legs. Sure, but
1: what other orifice might that be? And also, where do you think a duck butthole
0: is? I, I would think it would be further back.
1: I mean, they have one of them cloacas,
0: right? So it's kind of everything. I don't really know much about cloacas. <laughs> like, it's not an area of expertise I have. We could have my uh, my friend the harpy on the show. She knows we all. We should. Ab- she knows We're all about have a birds. Sp-
1: a very special episode, all about cloacas, all coming of- up soon on an yeah, b- episode
0: I'll- of the mildly alarming podcast. Bird genitalia all up in here. Can we do that? Is that
1: uh, uh, you know what's stopping us? <laughs> Clearly <laughs> if something were going to it would have done so already.
0: Yes, that's very true. Uh Yeah, I don't really have any re- see any reason not to do that. Nope. So cool. look
1: forward to that. That's going to be a great episode. And you'll never know when it's coming until <laughs> it's too late because we don't title them anything
0: meaningful. <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't we don't title them anything meaningful and then we give them a second incorrect title at the right? beginning, at of, at the the beginning of the episode. Which is also equally meaningless, so really, this is not a good podcast, is no, it? No, it's really, it's pretty terrible. It's not a terrible podcast. <laughs> is that it? Is that I the guess, segment? I mean, unless Where? you
1: have anything else to add.
0: I think the duck, I think duck debugging is a good idea. I think you should do it as part of your process of making stuff. You should purchase a duck. A rubber one. It doesn't, you know what? It doesn't say, it just says, <laughs> no.
1: the directions said to... Beg, borrow, steal, fabricate, buy, or otherwise obtain... Oh, it does say rubber. It does say it's a rubber. rubber duck.
0: I was going to say, if it didn't say rubber, but it, even if it didn't say rubber, it said of the bathtub variety, and I was I going there to... There
1: are probably bathtub uh, ducks. Well, I
0: was going to question your implication that there were live bathtub variety ducks. Like, I don't see why not. You go out and buy a duck and you just keep a live duck in your tub? It just lives there. I feel like it wouldn't stay. I feel like it would get out and,
1: and waddle around the house. maybe you have a f- maybe you have a huge bathtub. and what well, I mean, it doesn't matter if it waddles around the house if it goes back to nest in the bathtub all the time. Well, I think that makes it a bathtub duck. I mean, do you drain the bathtub? Yeah, why not or not? It doesn't matter as long as it's in there. It's- <laughs> you could make the argument that if you declare it a bathtub, dug, duck
0: wherever it is becomes a bathtub. You could, are you, you bathtub Doug? Do you have a guy named Doug living in your tub now? Yeah don't you is that who that was yeah. <laughs> i wondered when i went to use your restroom earlier yeah you're why there was a, there. just that dude in there it's like hey that's, like it's bathtub doug he came with the house has he been there the whole time yeah how did i miss that i don't know hmm. that's weird i feel like it might be uncomfortable yeah the
1: only person who's ever been here before him is <laughs>
0: i'm really excited to see where I, you're going with his this.
1: name on the podcast <laughs>
0: Gary, oh Gary, good old Gary. <laughs> uh, bathtub ducks, bathtub dugs, bird cloacas. This is a great freaking just segment. High quality, just stuff. classy s- business right over a here business. in the podcast. I love
1: it. I love it when you censor yourself halfway through a word.
0: What, what was
1: I gonna say there? I'm not gonna say it because you censored it for a reason. But last week you were like, "Yeah, something, something, bullsh, bullpucky." <laughs>
0: Did you still have to cow that one out? No, I left it. You know what, my mom? Because you could would, have been saying Bolshevik. You know my mom listened to an episode and she was wondering where all, what all the animal noises were? Yeah. And then she was disappointed in us when I explained what they actually were. Of course she was. How could she not
1: be? Though uh, the first episode was pretty bad because I, I just wanted to fit the animal noises in, so sometimes I would drag out the length of a word just to fit the whole animal mm-hmm. noise in. Um, so it didn't sound like we were swearing because the animal noises went on for too long. Now I pick animal noises that fit the length of the swear. Mm-hmm. I'm getting better at this. At, at fitting for, at fitting animal noises <laughs> to swear words. For certain values of better. Alright, we probably shouldn't subject anyone to this for much longer. This is going to be a pretty short one, but that's okay because the last several have been tremendously long. So I yes. guess... That's it. If We're you done. want to tell us just how horrible you thought this episode was... Uh, you can hit us up on Twitter at MildlyAlarming. You
0: can send us an email at mildly alarming show at com. You can
1: leave a comment in the comments section on the website at www.MildlyAlarming.com or on Stitcher or on iTunes, where you left us five-star reviews because you're very confused about what the stars mean, <laughs> I guess.
0: Did people really do that? What? Five-star reviews? Did we get those? We have two. Oh, cool. But anyway, you can also uh, take your message and just cram it up a duck cloaca
1: <laughs> Tom's friend will uh will find it and send it to us with the duck
0: apparently yeah mm, I don't know uh, I just mm, let's, nasty let's gross. move on
1: so we'll be back briefly after this word from our sponsor
0: the mildly alarming podcast is brought to you by lightning Larry's a lightning fast customer support are you tired of confusing phone menus and endless transfers from one account rep to another Are you sick of waiting on hold for hours on end while tech people dream up new and exciting ways to misunderstand your issue? Have you ever hurled your phone through a plate glass window in a fit of rage? If you answered yes to any of these questions, then Lightning Larry's lightning fast customer support is the right fit for you. When you call Larry's, one of our trained technicians will listen closely as you describe your problem, taking care to never interrupt. And when you're finished, you will be told in no uncertain terms that there is nothing we can do. Why waste hours on the phone with your cable company only to learn that they can't do anything for you? Call Lightning Larry's lightning-fast customer support, and we guarantee that we won't be able to help you in five minutes or less. Internet doesn't work? We can't help you. Refrigerators making a funny noise? Not a clue. The Dark Lord Scrondaxalor is rising from a pit of bubbling tar in your basement? Can't do a thing. Next time you have a problem, don't waste another second. Call Lightning Larry's Lightning Fast Customer Support at 1 800 555 NOPE. That number again is 1 800 555 NOPE. 1 800 555 NOPE. 1 800 555 NOPE. One more time, that's 1 800 555 NOPE. And again, 1 555 Nope. 1 555. Nope. 1-80-555. Nope. 1-80-555. Nope. one 555 Nope. 1-80-555. Nope.
1: Tom spends a lot of time reading books about old politicians, and recently noticed a trend where every writer who mentions William Howard Taft also has to mention how fat he was. The following is a conversation we suspect has happened between more than one author and editor.
0: Ah, Gerald, so glad you could come. Please, have a seat. Coffee, Gerald, would you like a coffee? I'll live my intent get you one. No, thank you, I'm- Boy, coffee for the author, chop chop! A good kid, but slow. Anyway, did you have trouble getting parking, Gerald? I took a cab. Smart thinking. We don't validate parking. Anyway, Gerald, I have finished your manuscript, and I must say, brilliant, stunning, outstanding. You bring the life of William Howard Taft to life. Why did
1: you say it like that? Like what? Like it was a nickname or something. You inflected the Howard in William Howard Taft like you would say the Rowdy in Rowdy Roddy Piper.
0: Weird reference, Gerald. Howard's not a nickname? No, it's his middle name. Incredible, Gerald, just incredible. You're already educating the masses. Speaking of mass, I think you need to talk more about how Taft was incredibly fat. Wait, what? Fat, tubby, heavy set, big-boned, a heaving, humping lump of flesh blubbering its way through the progressive era. I don't think the word lard appears once in your manuscript, Gerald. Well, it's... The the book is about Taft's
1: influence on domestic policy. It hardly seemed appropriate to go on about Taft's weight.
0: That's where you're wrong, Gerald. It's not only right to mention his weight, but necessary to add oomph and pizzazz to the book. It's the through-line, Gerald, the thematic core, the central symbol on which everything else hangs. I'm not really sure... Let me show you. Uh, Here it is. You wrote, when the secretary arrived at the White House, Taft was waiting for him. Here's my suggestion. When the secretary arrived at the White House, Taft had just gotten stuck in a doorway on account of he was so fat. There's no evidence for that, though. Even the stuck in a bathtub story is apocryphal. Gesundheit. Now, Gerald, there's no evidence for a lot of things you wrote here. You've got to spruce it up a bit. Make that story pop. I spent
1: six years researching this book. Every statement is exhaustively footnoted and
0: annotated. Let's not get stuck up on minutia, Gerald. You say it's all documented? I say Taft was actually a walrus man sent to infiltrate our society. Who can say which of us is right? The point is, Taft was a huge man, and you should mention it more. Here, let's look at another bit. You mentioned that his college nickname was Big Bill. What if you instead said that it was Big Bill the Bulging Bag of Butter?
1: But that's not what it was. There are there are so many letters referencing
0: that nickname. Well, Gerald, I'm not sure the book will find an audience with a few more references to Taft's weight. You can just sprinkle them on like Taft used to sprinkle donuts onto cakes. I don't think that's true. And I don't think there's such a thing as books, but here we are. I've got a list of adjectives I'd like you to apply to Taft's name throughout the book, say at a rate of one reference in three. Let me read you a couple. Please don't. William Taft, That Big Fat Fatty. Terrible. William Taft. Awful. Bill Taft, Last of the Dinosaurs. Some dinosaurs were very small. William Howard Fat. You didn't even try on that one. And so on, Gerald. Be open-minded now. I think with a little TLC and some liberal references about how Taft was 80% gravy by volume, and you can have a bestseller on your hands. I'm talking Pulitzes, Hugos, Newberries, Spethbees, Hunchbacks, Teeth.
1: Will it end this meeting if I agree to add a few, a few references to Taft's weight? Gerald, it will end it so very
0: fast. Fine, then. Excellent. I'll have the intern bring your car around. Boy, get the car for the writer. Chop, chop. Good kid. Funny teeth. I, I took a cab. Well, I suppose it'll take a while to track down your car and bring it around then. Now, let's just sip our coffee and go over a few more ways to point out that President Taft had a very serious weight problem. Oh, God. Ham Planet. Chubby Wubbers. Blubbertron King of the Sea Cows. His enormity. Fatty McMahon Boob. An elephant.
1: Do you suffer from Mildly Alarming Podcast? Spasticia can help. Spasticia is a mild sedative mixed with a powerful psychoactive and cut with bleach, and can be administered rectally or through an enormous barbed needle. Spasticia will take care of your Mildly Alarming Podcast. When taking spasticia, the Mildly Alarming Podcast may become red and inflamed. There is no way to prevent this. Your Mildly Alarming podcast may also spin in circles while spewing fluids. That's why each spasticia prescription comes with a fluffy towel. If the Mildly Alarming podcast lasts for more than four hours, call a doctor immediately. Spasticia should not be taken by those younger or older than 12 years. A mildly alarming solution to a mildly alarming problem.